Twice, the show that helps you envision your home's potential. I'm Rob Perigini, along with Chris Kramer from C. Kramer Interiors and Joel Graber from Graber Customer Modeling. Brought to you by Miller's Building Supply, where service is priority since 1982. Online at millersbuildingsupply.com. And Hoosier Hardwood. Hoosier Hardwood Floors, Michiana's trusted and valued experts on hardwood floors. Visit HoosierHardwoodFloors.com. We're doing like Earth and the Under-Earth today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Today's show is all about brick and plumbing. We'll get to plumbing in a little later. I found out that I don't know anything about brick, I guess, uh, what I thought. But brick is wonderful, right? It's solid and strong and handsome and relatively low maintenance. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Joel? Yeah. I was looking at Joel, and then I was like, he is like a br- he is our brick. Yes, sir. Should I? I wish I had brick house. I do. <laughs> at some point, I when think you that's hear a song, that. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like Joel, <laughs> brick is reliable and sturdy, <laughs> and made. And of you one forgot handsome. Oh, I may have forgotten. That. Yeah. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but brick. <laughs> Brick is like that, though. You, and do people still opt for brick, Joel, for exterior? Is that still popular as it was? Like, I, when I think brick, I think like 70s, lots of brick then. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, it's not the same as that, but yeah, you, you, you're going to have brick on a lot of houses. Way common, though? Like, is it, do people like ask that first? My wife did in we were building. She's like, can I get a brick, uh, brick exterior? Once we realized it was going to add. <laughs> The equivalent cost to our house, we moved on. But yeah, you get a, a lot of people will want a wainscot or an area that's brick on their exterior rather than the whole thing. It's not, it's not as common on the whole house, just because of the expense of it, right? Yeah, right. So it's purely an expense. If people could, mm. they would brick the whole thing. Sure, I suppose. but it's not uncommon to do a you know the the front of the house and the side, the rest of it, like Joel said. You know, wainscoting, you accent with brick. So let's take a minute, though, and and, uh, for anybody that doesn't know what wainscoting is, do you want to describe it for us, Joel? What a wainscoting on the exterior of a house would be? It's uh, it's, uh, a skirt maybe around the front. It's it's lower half? Yeah, it's like, you know, it could be 36, 42, 8 foot high if you wanted it to be. And is it wood? No. What's it made of? The wainscot. Well, it's whatever material. So in this case, we're talking about brick. It can be whatever. Oh, so the brick can act as a wainscot. The brick Mm -hmm. acts as a wainscot. Okay, I got it. Yeah, you only take it up so high. So it's a border with the ground. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. From the ground up. And then the top would be siding or shake or whatever you're Right, whatever other material, finishing material you're using. And it's kind of lake season, you know, or, uh, or... would you call it like water season and and when you go to the lake i think you see a lot of that mm-hmm. where the bricks down below because you water and it's just a lot easier to deal with uh for water <clears throat> maybe <laughs> but water finds a way to get in no matter what yeah, so right. it doesn't really care i thought everything was brick i was like hey we could do a brick patio and chris looked at me like well why, why would you do that <laughs> so for everybody else in the world who thinks that a paver is a brick. Pavers are not brick. Correct. But there are brick pavers. Yes, that is true. You know, everybody's <laughs> mind is blown. <laughs> but, but the preference would be, I think, the pavers, the concrete pavers for patios. So what's the brick. difference between a brick and a paver? And a brick paver? Well, 
brick it's the material that they're made from what are is bricks different. made of then um the israelites made yeah, them exactly. out of straw and moses beer. Is, yeah. <laughs> moses's people um it, well the, i i'm not 100 percent what goes into a brick i know it's clay brick the clay and there's, and there's uh well there's, there's cement bricks no no so if you Those got cement be, that's a paver that'd be a paver Correct. that'd be a paver and then the pavers are what makes a paver different than a brick the, the i would uh besides the material being concrete there the, the sizes are different they can be they're typically larger some are square they're not as the standard rectangular brick what is a brick nine by four by nine something like that i don't i'm so, not a mason exactly. oh i see so if your brick really refers to size well si- uniform size material i mean it's sizing the material that it's that it's made from um yeah that i mean that, it's mostly the material because you can make bricks can be bigger or smaller but a, a brick's a brick it's not a, it's 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 not a piece of concrete like right. the concrete pavers so a brick a uh, uh, paver is like poured into a form right mm-hmm. and it's just left to dry and a brick is what once it's once it's formed it's baked and it goes through a a process to become a brick so it, i'm assuming that a brick would last longer than a well, and i think the the um yeah they're more i think definitely more color fast than mm-hmm. anything made of concrete because over time the the color will wear off the concrete oh, whereas brick will always retain its its uh color it may fade in the sun or something, but yeah. it's the colors all the way through the brick. Correct. Whereas, like concrete, I mean, even even if you look at not to get off subject, but um, there's concrete stone, right? Uh, split face stone. And so, if, if you want to use that on an exterior of a building, even over time, that tends to lose its color. Yeah. So it's it, fading. Right. Okay, so you have two choices: to get stoned or baked. No. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I didn't mean to. Do I like to do both. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the show's so groovy, Chris. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, but if you're choosing between brick, you can't build a house out of pavers. Not. I've never seen pavers used on a. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. No. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could build it out of anything, but do you want to? Right, exactly. Pavers are really designed for patios out like that. Yeah, outdoor spaces. Yeah, outdoor spaces, and to I've be walked seen them on for driveway. Yeah, as, as a accent to a driveway, because um, you can really do some really great patterns with them. Circular patterns. I mean, there's just it's 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 limitless because of their flexibility of design mm-hmm. and, and and color. Whereas brick, you're, it's pretty much. A rectangle might be a big rectangle, mm-hmm. but it's still a rectangle. And right. it, I, and what I'm thinking, just because I grew up in the in the um, northeast, there are there's brick all over the place there, and and there's actually brick streets. Oh yeah, oh yeah, still cobblestone and brick, but most of them are brick, not oh, yeah. cobblestone. Right. <laughs> That's the funny right. thing is you literally somebody laid. You know, it looks just like a wall fell over, but then they sunk it into the ground, and there's still streets, many streets, and many patios that are that are brick. They kind of get grown over, and I, now that I think about it, the pavers are probably a lot less maintenance uh, because the the brick wants to become part of the earth. Well, so would a paver. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll be they'll grow over 
you know, just like a brick wall. A brick is actually more indestructible than a paver. Really? They're stronger than a paver. I see. That must be why they build so many houses out of them. That, and, I mean, and brick streets are, I mean, they're practically indestructible. Well, I, I can think of a few that are 400 years old. Yeah. I mean. Versus even asphalt or anything. But, I, but, again, a paver being concrete is not going to have the durability that the baked brick will have. Color Again, look at, a, look at the streets that are brick. Has it faded? Is it, uh, you know? No, they're still there. They're still there. The yeah. color is still, I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't go away. I mean, it, it's very, very durable. Same thing on a house. I mean, again, I think the only thing I've ever seen, if moisture gets behind brick, you'll get that white chalking on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's if you have a, a water issue. But typically, other than that, brick, and you do have to tuck point. But that you know, if the if the mortar yeah, you're gonna comes have out, to. Um, but that's because but, that's the cement, right? Right, right. And the brick your is mortar only is strong. your cement, yeah. right? And your brick is only as strong as your mortar. If you if you if you have a a very loose mortar, it's gonna go away right. eventually. But you know, to go back to your you know question to Joel earlier, you know, do you find people still want brick? I mean, it's used on almost every project that that we work on to some extent. Really, every project. And that's it's, it's popular. It's still the most desirable if if the budgets allow. It's still the mm-hmm. most des- desirable exterior finish you can have on your home. Joel, is there a way you walk through like the cost difference with the with the client when somebody's doing that, or is it just pretty much? Uh, no, yeah, there there is. Uh, I tell them brick is more than anything else that you're going to put on there, <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. I mean, it's the durability is unbelievable in the look i mean it just gives it a a rich look it 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 brings any other any other exterior finish that you put on is enhanced by any brick that's there too and it's timeless it's timeless there's no 400 year old siding right no no vinyl siding is gonna you hit a stone with your lawnmower it's not gonna chip your brick it's but it's gonna put a hole in your siding you know it's just things like that. The freeze and thaw is going to affect your siding more. Your, your siding is going to fade. Uh, even uh, even with some of the newer siding products that are more durable than a vinyl siding that look more like a wood, those are still over time going to fade and need to be replaced. I mean, the it, going back to you know what Chris had said before the break is you know. The one thing you're going to eventually have to do is have it tuck pointed in different places, but as long as it's maintained and as long as it was installed properly, you're, it's going to be a very low maintenance finish for the lifetime of you, for your lifetime and probably somebody else's. <laughs> right. And so you won't have to worry about uh, like ice dams and things like that and brick, what that you do with siding or, or water getting behind siding and then just cracking it. Right. Well, that's that has more to do with how things are flashed and finished. I mean, if you get water, if you get a bunch of water behind your brick and it freezes, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> right. Yeah. I suppose you're right on that. So, so when you're when you're looking at brick, you just know it's it's just way more expensive, but it's way more durable. It's just right. a different. And there's even... ways of incorporating it without totally blowing the budget. Correct. Does it take a lot longer to install? It does take more time than siding. I mean, I'm assuming because you need masons, <laughs> right? <laughs> you need right. Brick layers and 
it's definitely more labor intensive than anything else. But and the other thing I think with brick, <clears throat> have you ever driven by a house and go, oh, "Gosh, that that brick looks like it's from the '80s." I mean, it, it doesn't have that type of, right, uh, right. it doesn't date itself. Right. They're not trendy colors for the most part. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty uniform, pretty standard. You, you know, when you're looking at brick from a design standpoint, you can get red brick. There's browner bricks, and there's some with a little pink undertone. So, I mean, but they're all pretty much within the same family. So they're, they're very, very timeless. So what are some mm-hmm. things you could do to brick to fashion them? I can think of the colonials that... The only styling they would do is sometimes they would put an arch over windows or something right. like that. Do a soldier course. But can you paint brick? Yeah, definitely. Should you paint brick? I think that depends. I mean, you know, if, if let's say you have a, an old brick house that, you know, the brick might have some wear to it. Um, I love it when they paint it and then they kind of leave areas open, exposing the brick, kind of like chipped away plaster would look. Gives it an old world feel, gives it a lot of character a lot of charm um you can stain brick uh to uniform if you want to kind of change the color tone maybe it's too maybe it's you bought a house and the brick is more red and you'd rather have it go a little a different direction you can stain it and just kind of tone it down change the color a little bit will that stain have to be redone over time will that fade or i think anything over anything like that over time will have to be reapplied it'll wear with the elements, but uh, overall, if you would, you know, it can change the entire feel of the brick. Mm-hmm. And there, well, I, one other application for painting, I think, would be if you have an older brick house and you can't match the brick that's there with an addition, because the the color's the hardest part to match. Correct. You know, there's different lots. It's like that in any in most in most materials. So some you can you can get pretty pretty darn close with size and texture or the way it looks but yeah. but the color is going to be you're going to have you know if it's an old enough brick you're going to have a hard time matching that color so then one of the options would be painting the whole thing right and then that unifies it I mean I can think of there's a house I can think of right now that you can you know where the addition is because it's two totally different colors of brick coming together. Same style of brick, but because right, but, they're, one's 40 years old and one's one year old. Right. You just, it, it, it looks like two separate houses smashed together. Oh, not, not a good thing. So if you have that, then you could possibly stain the new ones. You're, uh, I think painting would be a better option if you're going to want to unify it because I think it, you're still going to, even when you stain it, because you're dealing with two dye lots, the stain isn't going to necessarily unify as much as you might think because there, it's going to take the brick color differently. The stain will pick up, you know, you're, you're still going to have that discrepancy between the colors. The, the, you could probably do it, but it would be so time-consuming and labor-intensive in- that it would be it would not be worth doing it. No. And that's worth us uh, maybe doing some research off the air about Brick and to see if there are companies that will, like if you sent them a sample, like took a sample Brick, send it to them, could they make Brick that was close? Make it? Yeah. That'd be, I would think, very cost-prohibitive. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying we don't have unlimited <laughs> resources, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I suppose that's why you see so many brick houses with a 
an addition that is not brick. Correct. Because you mm -hmm. just, what are you going to do? Transition to a different material. Yeah. Once you've painted the brick, you can take the paint off someday. You can. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But you know, it, painting brick is kind of like someone painting woodwork. You know, if you have a, some beautiful woodwork and people go in and paint it. Better have a good reason. <laughs> yeah, better have a good reason. Because some people are, hey, not a problem. It's paint. Who cares? I mean, in, in the design world, it's like, so what? It's just paint. Right. But to the average person that lives with that, they're like, oh, I don't want to paint. Don't paint my woodwork. I mean, because part of the, the beauty of what they have is in the, you know, the wood tones and things of that nature. So the, the thought of painting brick or painting wood is like, you know, you're, you're covering the beauty of, of what the material is. And trying to blend it into a a new interior per se, like when you paint a hearth, maybe you don't like the color of the brick, so you're thinking by painting it, it'll blend, it'll unify more, which it can. But I guess in some respects, I'm kind of a purist. I like the beauty of the actual material. I don't think it's the brick's fault that you got a ugly carpet. You know, I don't, I don't correct, know. Correct. <laughs> You're blaming the wrong uh, well, material. Well, you know, a lot of times it's the design. You know, somebody doesn't want to design around it or have to have to take that into consideration with their design. They say, "Well, I'll paint it to match what I'm doing." And, and Joel, before we move on from this, can you? Is there anything that you need to to know about a bricklayer? What are some of the keys that ways that you can identify that somebody's a, a high quality bricklayer? Yeah, it's you know in most in most uh, of the trades, it's it's the same referrals or people who have worked with them, seeing projects that they've done. I mean, let's face it, it's it's tough work. You're, the guys that are masons and, or, and and guys that are roofers are oftentimes, you know. You, you, you you might think they're a little sketchy just looking at them, but uh, you know. So you need to talk with them and know who they are, not necessarily know who they are, but you know, get a good feel for them, right? And, and they, where the and how long they've been around it. You know, do they take it serious or is it just a job? Is it just a paycheck? Bricklaying is precision work. Yeah, because if it's uneven, it's got to be even on so many. There's so many ways that it has to be right. even and level. Um, so I, I suppose you're right to maybe visit some work that they've done and like look at it. Right. Life. Well, I mean, you know, if if you're a mason, your truck's probably beat up because of what your the materials. You know, I mean, so you can't judge a guy by his truck. A mason might. Well, maybe you can. I mean, if he's got a beat up truck, he's probably doing something. <laughs> he's probably working a lot, right? <laughs> you okay. know. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's it's you can't just take a look at him and all. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I think that's a great point. I, I boil it down to if you've got a beat up truck and you're amazing, that means people are hiring you. Right. So that's the bottom line. And if you have any questions, you can email us at questions at mtwiceshow.com. And right now we're going to talk about some plumbing. Joel had an interesting job. You were talking about a bathroom that was completely a custom bathroom. Like from start to finish, everything yeah. was pretty much custom some bizarre not bizarre but maybe bizarre for the average person right uh, things going into this thing and it sounds beautiful it sounds like the bathroom everybody would want but like what was so different about this bathroom well it's i mean it it was beautiful but you know we're, we're and we're talking specifically about the plumbing and what i find what i thought was really uh interesting about it is the amount of water going into the shower because of all well the different heads and 
the just the um, the the flow rates on those things the one the one that would be the waterfall head it's actually a tub filler so you know those are rated at like eight gallons a minute and and the brain bonnet's four and a half so when you put that together that's 12 and a half gallons of water a minute that you're getting i mean a regular shower heads like three i mean it's so a regular shower head is is three gallons a minute and and water flow though so let's take a step back because we'll get into that yeah. in a second that sounds like a lot of water when you're doing your bathroom that flow rate is that is that a standard is there a standard flow rate for a bathroom like for a i'm sorry uh for a shower so like as far you as go like- into 90 or 100 homes 95 of them will have this flow rate well uh, it's uh, most of it's based off of what your mixer can do mixer is where the water comes in your hot and cold comes in and then you are able to set the temperature off of that and so it just it depends i mean your maximum amount of water your maximum flow is based off of what can physically go through that i mean it's just physics what can get through that in a minute but the the pipe, so a through one the, inch that two mixer, inch pipe through the mixer. Well, you never. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a two inch, but one inch. <laughs> the firehouse, right? Yeah, a one in, one inch is your maximum. I mean, typically, your that's your your supply for your house is a one inch, and oh, so really? for yeah, the whole house for your whole house, and then you'll branch off of that. And so from there, they're smaller, right. smaller pipes, or you might have a one inch carry water from one side of the house to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as your shower, it's usually not coming in at one inch then. No, I mean, typically it's coming in at three quarters at the most. And so this particular it's not uncommon, shower, though, It's not uncommon to have it come in at just half inch mm-hmm. because that's all your shower's going to really handle anyway. Because so. of the normal is a three-gallon three, three gallon flow. Yes, and I yeah. suppose if you try to get too much pressure... Um, you'll have it'll be like being shot by BBs <laughs> coming out of there. You don't want that. Well, yeah, I mean, you might blow something out of the wall. Or <laughs> and we've all been to the hotel like that might be, you know, not the exact hotel you would stay at, and you go and take a shower in there, and it's like a million mile an hour jet because they have the restrictor on yeah, it, and that, they're trying to. Uh, yeah, I it may as well be missed at that point. <laughs> They have body sprays, the whole nine yards. Yeah, body sprays, a, a handheld, and then rain bonnet, rain bonnet and, and a the waterfall. waterfall. So the rain bonnet. You wear a snorkel when you go in there. <laughs> well, you certainly answer all their questions because it's a lot like being waterboarded. And the drain yeah. is the whole. Th- no, I'm just kidding. Well, it <laughs> is, and and you have to t- you have to. That's funny, but you have to think about that when you're. Set, laying it out, you have to make sure that you can get rid of as much water as you're taking in. Oh, that's true. You must because it, it's a walk-in shower, so you have to make sure that you're not going to flood your shower or your with, bathroom or your bath. Yeah. Okay, so the rain bonnet. Just for those, uh, the rain bonnet is just your traditional rain bonnet. It's like the big, but it's it's a big, big round shower head that typically comes out of the ceiling, and it just. It's not a whole lot of pressure behind it. It just drops falling a bunch water. of water on it's your It's just head. falling water. Like rain. Right. To that bathroom, I mean, you can't run everything at the same time. You no, I'm no. You, you wouldn't have, have, have the pressure. You wouldn't have the pressure. The other things you have to know is, you know, how much how much water can your water heater handle at a time? Because 
you know if if I was to turn if I was to have that in my house I have a, a tankless water heater it there's no way it could keep up because of how those are those operate it couldn't keep up with that even just one of those heads well no one of the heads yeah but you know to keep up with two of those turned on it wouldn't have the pressure and i wouldn't have the heat coming out of it because it'd have to be working too quickly i would think with that type of water you would need more than one even if you had a you know a standard water heater 50 gallon or whatever you'd need two. Oh yeah if yeah. you if you just had a standard but you know if you're doing something like that you have you have to go you it can't just be standard what we're doing with that is a uh, 100,000 BTU, 75-gallon tank, and it, it, it eliminates two 50-gallon tanks, but it's, it, it's initial, you know, it's got the 75 gallons. It can do like 100, I can't remember, 186 gallons an hour of water, which you have to take in that, that into account. If you can do, if you can do eight and a half gallons a minute in 60 minutes, you, I mean, you know, it's yeah, and math. the replacement has to be, the replacement has to be there too. Wow, That's, I mean, you know, who's gonna, no one's going to take a shower for an hour. Well, maybe for showers that nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I'd live in the shower if I could. But well, so you but, have misters, you have a rain bonnet, and you have what's the what's the major one? It's a it's a tub filler. Well, yeah, that's a. I mean, we're calling it a waterfall, but yeah. It, it's a tub filler. It's a tub filler. And it's kind of the flat kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're trying to describe that, it's usually, it's, it's a tub filler, so you don't usually have it dumping on your head, but it's, you'd call it like a... Cascading water. Cascade, yeah. 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 Like a cascade coming out. So did you put that up? Obviously, you put that up toward the ceiling. Yeah, that's up higher, too. So how how many diverters did you have to put in? Is it, you just there's have one four, diverter. There's there's one diverter for each. For so system. explain what so diverter is. To a diverter would be so your mix your main mixers where all the water comes into, and then it flows to the diverters, and then you can control where the water comes out from those diverters. So there's one to the rain the uh, the waterfall. There's one to the rain bonnet. There's one to the body sprays. And there's one to the handheld. A diverter just basically diverts just, the water. Right. right. So it's either on or off. And so naturally, just like Chris said, if you had all of those on, you would you fatigue have, the you, pressure. Well, yeah, you'd have you no pressure whatsoever. So how many can you have on at one time? Uh, it dep- well, it depends on which ones you have on. You can have on, be cut, and, and it all comes back to how much that the mixer will let go through it. I mean, really, I, you know, in a situation like that, you... It should have been designed with two right. mixers, but I was. Anyways, that's 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 besides the point. Um, I would, I, you know, you can only have two on at a time, right? Max and have enough pressure. Well, it's body sprays and a handheld, oh. and the handheld's like a regular shower head, except for you know it, you can pull it off and it's on the right flexible cord, and then the body sprays. There's two of them, but they're on the same line. And so just to recap this, we're talking about a bathroom that, or a shower that is truly magnificent. I mean, yeah, I don't think... No, it's beautiful. I, I think everybody would love this shower. Absolutely. you first of all, you'd want to spend an hour in there, but it sounds like you have enough water to shower in about 40 seconds. <laughs> uh, well, in, in, in most homes. And this, and this one, no, there, there's it's plenty. Right. There's plenty. But you had to think... You had to think about a lot of things, right? Because you had to get the right size mixer. I'm assuming there's different size mixers. I lean a lot on my plumber... 
And in this situation, he really didn't have a whole lot of say in what was being put in. He was just doing what he could with what he had. Right. So I can't, I, you know, it, I but typically that's how it would work. We, we'd, if you, when we design the shower, like, or if Chris designs the shower, you've, you, 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 you pick your product and then the plumber will source it so that we make, can make sure that everything's going to work together, together the right. right way it should. Right. Because when we're working with a client on plumbing selections, I mean, we, you know, we work with whomever the plumber has, you know, they'll, they'll tell us, go to Ferguson's, go to Mid-City, go to wherever. Right. And so we work with the people at those individual stores or and, you know, they know the diverters and they know all the things that we need and the fittings and everything for that particular product. Mm-hmm. Well, what we've learned from that is, though, that if you're if you're planning a shower, you, you have to figure out how much water is coming in. And then I, I love that point, though, that you also have to figure out how to get that water out. And we're on a plumbing kick right now, and we've gone out of the bathroom <laughs> and in a magnificent shower, but uh, to a equally functional room, the kitchen, the next most logical plumbing place. Chris, what's what's new and trendy? What are people asking for a lot now? Typically, kitchen... Uh, faucet would be the, they like the single spout pull out sprayer like the commercial looking one I see a lot uh, of those not so much the commercial there's so many different styles but it and one of the kind of I guess uh, newest trend you know the touch where you, all you have to do is the touchless touch the touchless oh. you, you touch it with your hand and yeah. it comes on automatically and now they have it where you don't even have to touch it it's right. a motion sensor <laughs> you can just those are those are kind of fun um, so you can sit on the couch and be like Turn on. You can act like you're Darth Vader. I'm waiting. You have to be for, within I'm a actually, certain. Yeah, you have to be. I'm waiting for the clapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that hasn't come out yet. Um, doing a lot of farm, a lot of farm sinks. What's a farm sink? Uh, it's the full um, sink, but you see the the apron. The, the apron, sink yeah. is, is exposed in the cabinetry. And I just saw one uh, that was stainless steel. Uh, that was really sharp. I mean, I had not seen one in stainless before. So what do you mean by the, the front is exposed? That you could see what would normally be behind the no, cabinetry? No, it's, it's, it's dressed up on the front side. Right. Like in the old in, in an old farm, farm it, house, it would have been like a cast iron sink with, with a, an apron that went down. So you'd have like half of a cabinet underneath of it. Right. Not, but those are, those are still really popular. And really, what drives... Plumbing for a kitchen is is how the person uses that kitchen because everybody is everybody's different. Their preferences mm-hmm. are all different. Uh, if you're a big cook, there are very specific requests that they have for the size of sink, the, the way it's divided. Um, they want something that's going to be easy for. Or how many sinks you're going to have? How many sinks? Uh, good point. How many sinks you're going to have? You're going to have a prep sink, your regular sink. You know. Some people want a pot filler mm-hmm. over the stove so they don't have to carry the pots full of water, like if they're doing pasta. My sister, who has everything, um, she has <laughs> she has a pot filler that comes out at 200 degrees. So it's yeah. already, That'd be already, pretty already sweet. Boiling, boiling. Almost boiling. Yeah, yeah it's just uh, under. And But she, we're Italian, so she does cook a lot of pasta, God bless <laughs> um, But And that's why she got it, so she can make boiling water in like 
I think it's four or five minutes, under five minutes, it's boiling on the stove. So she actually cooks? She really does cook. She's really good at it. She also makes reservations really well, too. Have you seen plumbing near the near the stove like that, uh, a pot filler? Just a pot filler. I mean, just a pot filler on the back wall. But, just, you, but it's near the sink, usually? No. Oh, I mean, that no. Yeah, it's on the, the wall, range. yeah, absolutely. It's mounted okay, yeah. on the range. That's where my sister's is. It's right, like right next to the, the stove. But I've not had one that came out at 200 degrees. Right. It's pretty interesting. That is cool. It's, it's a, The unit is actually underneath the... I was going to say, that's probably down in the underbelly yeah <laughs> and it's like a little heater or something that it, it goes yeah, through it does nothing it's uh the tankless right like uh, just a small tankless system oh, for that cool. yeah pretty neat but and that's what when you were describing them what i thought of was because it looks very commercial it's stainless steel but it's got the spring um, oh yeah i know what you're yes those i mean you can get those for residential but uh th- that's not the i have not done any of those they're i think they're a little too commercial looking for most people I can see them in a real modern type of environment, but uh, no, most are still a little bit more. We're still a bit more traditional, transitional, style-wise. And then, of course, do they want? Um, there might be a separate uh, drinking or water spout, like an RO or yeah, reverse osmosis or. But uh, and then I've actually even had somewhere they have the the hot water that comes out next uh, for like tea, instant coffee. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's just, I mean, a lot depends on how they, the client wants the kitchen to function as far as what we select for their, for plumbing for a kitchen. All of these things, though, revolve around cutouts in your countertop. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to know what your sink is going to be before you can get a countertop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Correct. As a matter of fact, most countertop, once they won't even cut the countertop unless they have the sink. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, the, the countertop fabricators want to have the sink on hand when they fabricate and what kind of materials are you seeing for countertops right now uh st- still number one would be uh granite um and that's just beauty what is there there's no functional advantage to granite is there beauty uh, well long term yeah it, it, it's permanent i mean most people don't replace granite every four or five years i mean it's it's still considered the most um desirable material for countertops then quartz would be right after that quartz the 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 advantage of quartz is well first of all quartz is man-made and uh, you can get it completely solid to uh, movement uh, like a regular granite but the the uh, advantage to quartz is you never have to seal it it doesn't scratch you can take something hot and put it right on it it won't Mm -hmm. leave any scorch marks Um, so it's antimicrobial just by by its nature, so I mean, it's probably as far as um, durability the, the the best product you can have. It's not pers- my personal favorite because I, I like the beauty of the natural stone, but you know everybody's a little bit different. What I, what I like about the the quartz is, like you had said, you can do almost anything with it. I've seen it with like an alligator pattern in it. Like a, <laughs> like the alligator alligator skin pattern in it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it where people have had like their favorite college team or where they graduated from. And that was in, so like one of them was an Ohio state. So it was Buck Buckeyes. Right. The, red and gray or silver, red and silver or something like that. You know, whatever. I'm it not going to even, it's I, not you know. porous though, is it? No, no it's not. not. It's like, it's not at all. That's so, but yeah, but like, you know, they had like Buckeyes through it, right. you know, and it, that was pretty cool. I mean that, I mean that, you know, 
I've actually been doing more quartz than granite because with granite, I mean, if you, if you're working with a client, you literally have to go and select your slabs. You can't look at a sample and say, Oh, that's the granite I mm -hmm. want because it's not going to look like that. Um, sample you just looked that you just saw because it, it's natural material they quarry it you never know exactly how it's going to look until you actually physically go and select uh the slabs and that usually requires chicago so you have to mm -hmm. go visit your entire piece you have mm -hmm. to go visit and you may when you get there you might go oh that's not quite what i wanted but 90 percent of right. the time we end up at, at selecting something completely different but you've you really have to to go and select your slabs before and sign off on them and get them while they're right. available because it changes with, with each cut. But with quartz, you're just... Uniform. Yeah. You know what you're getting when you see the sample. There's no variations. So with your when you're getting that done, though, you, you, you take your basin with you or, or all the sinks that you're using... And they go to wherever they're making this quartz? Yeah, after you've... Where the hour it's being fabricated. Yeah, the fabricators will take the, the sink after it comes in and before they fabricate the countertops and make sure they have the right cuts. So what is, what are, how do you know when, you're, when you've, you've hit a home run, when, you, when it's all in there and you just love every second of it? I know what we looked for. We needed to be able to sink a pot into the, mm -hmm. the sink. And mm -hmm. you know, we wanted a deep yep. stainless steel... It didn't matter how many. I needed at least one that was that big. And I remember that was a big concern. And when we got our countertop, I remember um, I'm supposing that the contractor took it. I don't remember. Um, well, But I know that was important to us, that yeah. it was giant, that we could put yep. and work in this thing. And that's that's common. I mean, the, the request of the client, they, they tend to be very specific. I want my sink to be 10 inches deep. Well, we could only find, I know in one case where that, that was, we ran into that. We couldn't find a sink that was quite deep enough. However, what saved us was when you take, because it's an undermount, when you take the thickness of the countertop material and add that to the, the sink, we got the depth we needed. Oh, I see. So it kind of built it up. Right, it built it up. So, but yeah, you know, it's, kitchens are, kitchens and bathrooms are very, they're very personal spaces and people have very specific needs and wants. And What's great is if you go to a, a plumbing supply company in the area and they have all the sinks on display so that they can actually see how they're going to function before they make the decision and then um, finding the right size right. For, the, for, the, for an island or for the cabinet base. Those are all very, that's, that's probably one of the second most critical with the sink is, you know, you want to pick your plumbing before you pick your cabinetry because you have to make sure that, okay, you picked a 36-inch sink base is that our sink is that going to fit into a base cabinet well now we know enough to be dangerous right. <laughs> <laughs> um thank you for listening to measure twice don't forget you can go to our website mtwiceshow.com of course if you have any questions email the word questions at mtwiceshow.com and as always our show is brought to you by miller's building supply where service is priority since 1982 online at millersbuildingsupply.com and Hoosier Hardwood, Hoosier Hardwood Floors. Michigan is trusted and valued experts on hardwood floors. Visit HoosierHardwoodFloors.com. That ends another show of Measure Twice. Thank you for listening. I'm Rob Perigini, along with Chris Kramer from C. Kramer Interiors and Joel Graber from Graber Custom Remodeling. Join us again. Pop. 
podcast by Federated Media. Podcast by Federated Media.